Today's given scriptures are from Lamentation three thirteen to twenty four. The book of Lamentations is written by Jeremiah, who is one of the three major Old Testament prophets, along with Ezekiel and Isaiah. In Lamentations, Jeremiah expressed passionately his grief and sorrow of seeing the desolation of God's people after the fall of Jerusalem in 586 BC. He saw the disastrous end of God's people when they failed to trust God in the time of fearing of troubles. Today's scripture is a small section of a weeping prayer of Jeremiah. Shall we read all together uh, today's scripture? Kin, Kin, can you put it on to Lamentation three thirteen to twenty four? Oh, one by one. Right. Let's read all together today. All of you are the preacher, and you are the reader. You are leader. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Ready, steady, go. I became a laughing stock with my people. They mocked me in song all day long. He has filled me with a bitter heart, given me gone to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel and trampled I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone, all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them, my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, Lord is my creation. Therefore, I wait for him. How the Yahweh God worshiping nation was invaded. And the city and the worshiping temple of Jerusalem was totally destructed by the pagan king Nebuchadnezzar of the Neo Babylonian Empire. Wasn't Babylonia the country worshiping Mesopotamian pagan deities? How the people of a worshiping true God, the creator of heavens and earth, could be destroyed by the people who made their own gods? According to their own interest and need, this may be the reason why the Book of Lamentation in Hebrew is "eka," meaning "how." The Israelites' history constantly alarms us that the temple where God was worshipped was actually destroyed by Himself, in a sense, when God-worshipping believers. Failed to worship God wholeheartedly. What did they miss in order to worship God wholeheartedly? We wonder. Whatever the root causes of their wavering is, it is clear that the worshippers in Jeremiah's time failed to worship God wholeheartedly.
As a result, they could not correctly hear God's voice, as they followed different voices. They rebelled God and leaned on something other than God's voice. Hence, they ended up in a sheer horror of losing the nation, their family, the land that God promised them to live. For the worse. The merciful God of heaven and earth, as their king. People in the promised land worshipped God in temple regularly. They followed every annual ritual ceremony and celebrations diligently. Furthermore, they loved reading and hearing the decrees of God and marveled with the wonders that God did for them in the past. Then we wonder how come they could not hear the voice of God through Jeremiah and follow the voice of other prophets whom God did not send to them. How could they follow the voice of false prophets, who offering false truth and false peace, rather than God Himself, who is the truth and peace? As a Christian who wants to trust God wholeheartedly, I desire to learn something valuable here and listen attentively the now voice of God for me and you. Because I firmly believe that this desire of mine is yours too. So therefore, today, uh, firstly, I'd like to closely examine Jeremiah's weeping, so that what uh, we can find what was lost by the enemy in the past and why. And secondly, in relation to Jeremiah's lamentation. I want us、uh, to think together about why Jesus wept three times in his earthly life. This is to find out how we can remain and maintain the victory that was gained by Christ Jesus. I hope our examination of the tears of Jeremiah and Jesus will lead us. To lament with Jesus, so that He can help us to carry on walking this journey of faith with Him even more triumphantly than ever before. Amen. Amen. Yes. Lamentation of Jeremiah. It is firstly, it is extremely important for us to distinguish sin from God. And sin from sinners. God loved His people. The destruction of Jerusalem did not happen because God hated and angry with those who sinned, but He was indignant at the sin itself, working among and through them. Sinners are His children, but sin is fundamentally. The Satan himself, just as love is God Himself. This is the reason why Ephesians 6:12 reminds us of taking our stands against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. God never fails to distinguish sinners from sin. Does Satan and evil spirits exist? Yes, they do. Do they influence humans of this world, including unbelieving Christians? Yes, they do. How? By tapping the fear in humans' emotions and minds and bodies. If one yields and believes repeatedly to Satan's lies against God and God's nature, the person can be bound by the power of sin. This is called uh, a stronghold of enemy. Satan knows only too well that fear hinders trusting God. Therefore, Satan the sin plants the seed of unbelief in the area of a human feeling fearful of. The person feared in unbelief could not wait for God to act on behalf of him. So he tries to solve the problem in his own strength, sometimes mistakenly believing that he acts for God's sake. So this fear in unbelief eventually leads the person to a willful rebellion against God and carried on listening to other voices than God's voice. For example, Jeremiah knew that the sin of unbelief reached to the point to be destroyed. So he advised the people in Jerusalem to go to captives and live under the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. He advised them to eat and be merry and have children till God himself comes. His main message is trust God and worship him alone, then he will come. However, the hearers treated Jeremiah as a false prophet, so they rebelled, refused, rejected, mocked Jeremiah. What they wanted to hear was God would never destroy their tradition of worshiping God in the temple that they made. Unbelief in their fear of losing what they loved caused them to replace invisible God with visible substitutes. For instance, the people of Judah in Jeremiah's time tried to stick to former strong leader Egypt. They hoped Egypt king to protect them from the emerging strong hands of a Babylonian king. They deliberately chose man's power rather than God himself. Choosing someone or something is a common fearful action of a human who does not fully trust God or wholeheartedly worship God. In other words, leaning on something else but God is a form of idol worship, which eventually makes worshippers forget the mighty God's sovereignty 
and relying on what they see, feel, and believe more and more. In this stage, the visible things look stronger in the eyes of idol worshippers than in visible God. Humans are fearful in nature because we are not God. God knows. We know. The devil knows. That's why there are so many areas in the Bible saying, "Do not fear." So being fearful is natural to humans. However, fear in unbelief leads、uh, leads to the fear. Oh, sorry. The fear in unbelief leads the fearful person to sense of hopelessness, whereas fear in belief leads to hope. We should know the fear in doubt and unbelief opens the door of heart to be troubled. In contrast, true worshippers might be afraid of evil, but trust in God and believe in believe that He will deliver them from evil. God knew the Israelites' willful rebellion and worshiping idols resulted from the sin of unbelief. God finally had to stand against their unbelief. In order to bring a newness of obedience and praise among his people, this was the reason why he had to send his prophets to his people. However, if the sin of rebellion and idol worship repeat again and again, people's heart become hardened, so they did not want to hear. The voice of exposing this sin of unbelief among them, they prefer hearing what their ears wanting to hear rather than God's voice. If people periodically and habitually refuse to hear God's voice, God eventually stop talking and remain silence. His silence. Brings the season of famine of God's words. No true prophets are sent by God to speak God's words. This silence happened Israel、uh, happened in Israel over four hundred years. We know Malachi, who was the last prophet of twelve、um, minor prophets in Old Testament, as well as the three major uh, prophets. Uh, Until God sent Himself in the human form of Jesus, then did people in Jesus' time believe that Jesus was God sent by God? Sadly, it didn't seem the case, even to the followers and the disciples of Jesus. Like Jeremiah wept for people's lack of trusting and following God's way, Jesus also wept three times for the people who could not fully believe in Him. Firstly, Jesus wept in John eleven thirty-five when Lazarus died. Some may say. Jesus wept because he felt pity on Lazarus 
and his dear mourning sisters who Jesus loved much. However, if we look into the scripture closely, Jesus' tears were neither emotionalism nor sentimentalism, but indignant anger against the sin of unbelief working towards humans with whom he always had full compassion. He wept because they were gripped by this sin of unbelief. This sin of unbelief made him weep. For example, Martha said to Jesus, the Lazarus would not die only if Jesus was physically there with him. This is a contrast to Gentile centurions' words in Matthew 8, 79, saying to Jesus, who wanted to come to him, come with him, he said, only speak the word, my servant will be healed. The centurion believed Jesus as God, working beyond time and space by his spirit. Whereas Martha's professed faith was based on Jesus' physical presence. She believed God according to her own understanding of God rather than who really God is. This kind of faith can be regarded as a mixed belief, which is equivalent to unbelief to God after all. Belief based on human understanding should be considered as unbelief because it hurts God. It makes God weep. This kind of mixed belief eventually leads to a willful rebellion against Jesus, the truth and the idol worship, uh, this kind of idol worship, um, sorry, this kind of mixed belief <laughs> eventually leads to a willful re- uh, rebellion against Jesus, the truth, and an idol worship rather than worshiping Jesus as God wholeheartedly. Secondly, Jesus wept in Luke 19:41 over the city of Jerusalem, where Herod's temple centered and boasted its grand architectural magnificence. Even some of the disciples proudly said to Jesus how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and consecrated gifts. However, Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Jeremiah's uh, Jerusalem's destruction shows us that God withdraws himself from where Jesus was not wholeheartedly welcomed and worshipped. We often say that church is the bride and Jesus is the bridegroom. However, 
When I think about the ten virgin parables, I'd like to think that church as a bride to be, rather than bride yet. Unless we keep the um, lamp full of oil, an extra jar with the oil of Holy Spirit, we may easily can become five foolish virgins who rely on the lamp itself without extra oil. Without oil of Holy Spirit, the lamp is useless, like a petrol or the car without petrol or electric goods without being plugged in to the electric circuit. Even though there are oil in the lamp, without extra oil in the jar, we cannot go out to welcome our bridegroom if he comes in an unpredicted time of night. So I believe Christians' limitation with Jesus against unbelief should be considered as one of the ways to keep the level of oil of Holy Spirit high in the lamp and full in the extra jar of oil. Then we can know how to welcome Jesus when he comes by his Spirit, day or night. You're doing very well, very quiet. Now, final wept Jesus. Lastly, Jesus wept in Hebrew 5, 7 to 9 in his prayer time at the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was about to face the crunching point that he had to let the sin pierce into his innocent body. He knows only too well Satan, the sin of unbelief, is to be destroyed in human form. So the sinners will be saved from Satan's power, bringing human to eternal death. Jesus made a way for humans to live by the power of belief in life and love of God, but no more by the power of unbelief, which leads them to sin and death. Jesus did this for the guilty humans who were slaves of unbelief. Thanks to Jesus, finally, humans can live by belief. Not by unbelief, mixed belief, half belief, selective belief. We can live by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We have seen, now it's a conclusion, <laughs> we have seen the lamentation of Jeremiah and Jesus are the true sign of a passionate expression of fighting the devil, the evil of unbelief with God's strength. With the precious tears in prayer, Jeremiah and Jesus were able to reach to the point of hope to wait for God to move. 
Therefore, without lamentation with Jesus in prayer, our relationship with God is only religious and ritual acts at best, like the Old Testament times. So, in order to successfully lament with Jesus against unbelief, I will give you tips of four actions, beginning with R. Blinda did it before what the Holy Spirit can do with the R is remind, remember, restore, or something like that. Yeah! So I got the tip from you. So there are four R. <laughs> First R we can do is R from remain in Jesus against unbelief by praying till hope arises, even though your sweat turns blood in your waiting. Remain in Jesus and weep what he weeps for. This lamentation with Jesus is to do all things with his strength, not our own. The second R is remember that Jesus prayed in John 17 and still praying for you to be one with the Father as he was one with the Father. If uh, we are one with uh, God by the cross, any temptation, the sin, the Satan throws at us cannot get through us because of the blood of Jesus shed for us on the cross. Ian, do you have a 1 Corinthians 10, 13 on the screen? We can read this together to remind how God is protecting us from the temptation. Shall we read all together now? Yep. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Believe it. It's God's words. And the third R is renounce and rebuke the devil, the loser, and stick around the Jesus, the victorious king. Don't change your master, regardless of unbearable hardship or unfair dis uh, uh, discouragement. Remind the devil who your master is. Sin, the Satan, is not your king anymore. Like Jenny said last Sunday, when temptations all around making you feel daunted and worried, use your mouth with God's words and God-given authority and rebuke the devil, the deceiver, in the name of Jesus. Devil is thick and stupid. He keeps forgetting. Jesus won over him with a three nil in the wilderness. Our job is re rebuking him based on this fact. Jesus won over the temptation of a physical hunger, worldly fame valued by man, and idol worship offered by Satan and his followers. If we are one with Jesus, we have the mind of Christ. 
We should not be afraid to fall into this temptation when they come to us. Rather, we rebuke the devil, and by faith, the imposters should flee away, and they will. The last R is refill the jar of thanksgiving. Actually, I forgot to bring. I have the big jar with a lot of notes of thanksgiving, and that jar is、uh, was not filled、uh, in the time when everything went well. It was filled at the end of my hard ministerial battles against unbelief. Some unbelief may be mine. Some unbelief may be others. The precious time of lamentation with Jesus helped me to wait for God to move. Thanksgiving makes hope to arise, indeed. So four R you should do in your godly lamentation are one, keep remaining in Jesus. Two, keep remembering who your master is. Three, keep renouncing the devil, and lastly, keep refilling your jar with the oil of thanksgiving memories. So never be afraid to shed tears with Jesus, because lamentation will lead you. To the place of rejoicing, always praying continually and giving thanks in all circumstances. Thank you for your patient listening. I appreciate you, and I celebrate each of you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.